Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Hello and welcome to the Friday Five with me, Liz Earl, and my regular weekly look at something that has caught my eye in the world of well-being. And lactoferrin continues to be a bit of a buzzword following on from my podcast last week, as well as the launch of a new booklet to help women who have had a naturally early or surgically induced menopause, perhaps due to cancer treatment. But first, lactoferrin, and so many of you are already raving about the powers of this simple natural ingredient that's already there as part of our immune system and the way it seems to be able to stop a cough or a cold dead in its tracks. And if you haven't already, do tune in to my IGTV and Facebook Live. That was this week with the nutritional therapist, Emma Davies, because we explored the role that this nutrient has to play in gut health as well as many autoimmune issues. And if you want to catch that, the easiest way probably is to head over to the Lizard Wellbeing YouTube channel because it went live there on Wednesday and it's just easy to tune in. You can listen to it or watch it, whichever you prefer. And I'm delighted to say that Stephanie Drax, who was here with me last week, she's the founder of Leapfrog Remedies, the first British lactoferrin supplement company is still giving us a bit of a discount here now, just as well, because it's proving very popular. You just have to use the code LizLoves, that's all one word and all in capitals, to get 10% off your order. And that's over on her website, which is leapfrogremedies.com. So just use LizLoves, all in one word and all in capitals to get 10% off. And actually talking about Liz Loves, if you are familiar with my Liz Earl Wellbeing website, you may like to know that we now have so many Liz Loves discount codes and offers that we've put them all together in one article. They're streamlined, they're listed A to Z. So if you fancy checking it out to see what other great deals you can get your mitts on, just head over there. Or if you hear me talk about anything or you've seen anything on any of my social media posts, there are the chances that it will be on offer if you add your discount code. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning here, this week saw the publication of a really useful booklet all about early menopause and how best to navigate hormone health after treatment for cancer, which can plunge so many women into an early menopause, literally overnight. So to unwrap that a bit by way of an explanation, a naturally premature menopause or early menopause is more common than we might think. It affects about 1% of all women before the age of 40. And in addition to that, there are increasing numbers of women experiencing premature ovarian insufficiency and you may have seen this referred to as POI, 
due to surgery or to cancer treatments. So the exact number of younger women affected is unknown, but the figures do run into the hundreds of thousands. And what is really scary is the lack of women's health care and doctor knowledge in this area, even in some cases, I'm afraid to say, from the specialists and the consultants who should know very much better. So I am delighted to welcome onto my Friday Five an inspiring young woman, Ellie Waters, who was diagnosed with teenage cancer, which led to courses of chemo and radiotherapy, which then led to her having a premature ovarian insufficiency, that POI. Several years on, she is thankfully now in remission and she's using her life-changing experience to help others who might experience a similar cancer treatment trauma. And here she is to talk about it. So welcome, Ellie. It's lovely to have you joining me and congratulations this week on the publication of this really amazing booklet. It's quite remarkable. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> I know, it's great. It's really good to share some good news for a change. Yeah. Um, talking about your own cancer journey, should we should we start with that? Because that might give yeah. people a, a kind of an insight. How old were you when you were diagnosed with cancer? I was 14 years old. And did that come completely out of the blue? Was there any indication that it might be an issue for you? Do you have it in your family? Uh, no, it was completely out of the blue. I actually had um, a lump in my left butt cheek that kept growing and growing and growing um, for several months, but not in a million years did cancer ever cross my mind. I remember at the time there was these cancer adverts where um, it showed, you know, if you have this lump that's getting bigger, you know, go see your doctor. But even that didn't kind of penetrate my mind in a sense it because you're 14 you think that you're invincible and yeah. you're not supposed yeah. to get cancer so I kind of just waited until it got really bad and then went and saw a doctor oh Ellie and of course I think that's such an important message actually before moving on to talk about other things is that in this time of lockdown there are so many cancer screenings for going missed and lumps and suspicious moles and growths and all sorts of things going unchecked. So yeah. I guess that's a real case in point, isn't it? That, you know, you need to get in front of some medic um, if you have the slightest suspicion that something might not be right. So then how quickly did they diagnose your cancer? So initially the GPs thought it was an abscess and with multiple courses of antibiotics, the abscess was getting bigger. So uh, that's when they sent me to get abscess removal surgery. But of course, they opened me up and saw it wasn't an abscess, it was actually a tumour. And then it really only took about a week um, to then diagnose me properly with a stage four alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma. Gosh, that is a very long and scary sounding name. Is. <laughs> that is ovarian <laughs> cancer, is that right? No, no, it's um a, a rare childhood cancer of the soft tissues, but because it's a soft tissue, mm. it could be anywhere in right. your body. So mine was, the primary site was in my left butt cheek, but it did spread to the bones, the leg, the abdomen. Gosh, and then you ended up having a full hysterectomy, is that right? No, 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 I didn't have any sort of like surgical menopause in that sense. Okay. I had... So I had to have 18 months of chemotherapy, nine mm. months of that being intensive, the rest uh, sort of maintenance chemo. 
and all of that damaged the ovaries. But what really finished them off was um, the pelvic radiotherapy um, because the radiation oh. directly targeted them. So that's when they properly failed. Oh, honey. So you, you kept your organs, but obviously they're not... not they're working. not functional. <laughs> yeah. right so as a result of that losing the function of your ovaries you were completely plunged headlong into a surgical menopause yeah pretty much and did they prepare you for that no they made it seem like the most easy thing ever um which was the yes. hardest part yeah because um it was only it was about six months after i finished treatment and they said, have your periods come back? I say no. Um, they test my uh, blood and they realise that the oestrogen is rock bottom. They said, oh, you've gone into the menopause. I'm going to start you on a um, sort of low dose of HRT. But I wasn't given any sort of information other than that in my own little mm. ignorant mind at 15 years old. I thought, well, no. why would you? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody talks about menopause anyway. Let alone. No, exactly. So in my mind menopause meant no periods and that's as far as that went but I kind of I was ignorant to the fact that there's a whole host of other symptoms mm. um, that go along with that but I was never ever prepared for that yeah what a shock what were your main symptoms so my main symptoms were hot flashes night sweats vaginal atrophy vaginal dryness fatigue aches and pains but it was hard to differentiate between the side effects of the chemotherapy yeah. and the menopause they're so synonymous with one another so yeah. for a long time I just thought oh I'm just recovering from the chemo this is how it's affecting my body but once I got to about three years in remission and I knew I shouldn't be feeling worse um, that's when I sort of kind of delved in deeper and uh, realized it was probably the menopause that was the um cause of all my problems mm, absolutely and then where did that lead you where did you turn to after that re realization after that realization I um, had an oncology appointment and they sort of disregarded it um, in a sense they said oh no we'll just increase your estrogen by a little bit by about 10 micrograms or so but I knew in my, in my gut because I did so much research about it that wasn't the right thing for me so I asked to see an NHS endocrinologist but the NHS endocrinologist was equally unhelpful. Uh, so I got to a sort of point of desperation <laughs> whereby um, I listened to pretty much all the podcasts from Dr. Newsom. So I knew that mm. he was my key to um, getting the right <laughs> menopause treatment. Yes, so many. Oh, well, we're going to do it, Ellie. And that's when I got the treatment from Dr. Newsom. That was the best thing that I did because that was sort of the start of my life again because she gave me the treatments I needed and now I feel a million times better as a result. So what did she do for you then that was different? Did she increase the oestrogen? Did she give you other things? Yeah. Well, the first thing was more of a holistic approach, I suppose, was actually listen. The um, other doctors uh, sort of disregarded my problems and put it all down to the chemo um, where she saw past that. Um, and the main thing that she did, so she increased the estrogen. I was on a measly 20 micrograms when I saw her, but then she upped it all the way up to 160. I'm now on 300. <gasps> You're on okay. Yeah, I'm 300 micrograms now. I was only on 20. Oh. From 20 to 300, no wonder yeah. you're feeling dreadful. Yeah. And I have to say, uh, for, for dear listeners, sadly, you can't see the lovely Ellie, but as we're recording this, I can actually see you on my computer screen. You do look absolutely beaming, the picture of health and very radiant. So 
um, clearly that yeah. all that estrogen you're in your body is doing some good. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. I felt like I was 18 going on 80 before. And I think my doctors, well, the NHS endocrinologist certainly treated me as another one of his old ladies, whereas uh, Dr. Newsom, you know, kind of saw me as a young woman and kind of treated me differently as a result. And then she also gave me the um, local estrogen because at the time I was studying for my A-levels and it was becoming unbearable to even sit through exams because of the pain in that area. And the, yeah. my other doctors disregarded it, said, no, we won't increase, give you any local estrogen. It's not necessary. But luckily, Dr. Newsom did. And then the most important factor of all, really, is the testosterone, which my doctor, my oncologist certainly didn't want me to have. But I knew from the research I was only replacing what I didn't have. Um, yes. So it wasn't like I was overdosing. So why, why did you get um, such a negative feedback from your NHS specialists then? Why, why were they anti-testosterone when we know that women produce it naturally and need it? And obviously going through your procedures, you, you, you would be missing it. I just think it's a lack of education, to be honest. I think it's in the medical world. I think it's still seen very much as a male hormone. I think the reason I wanted it was because of a because of energy low energy levels and then the loss of libido and I think these are two doctors sometimes a bit of trivial problems they're not yes. you know for a cancer doctor they think oh we treat the cancer with the hard drugs like who cares if you're left with um low no, libido no energy and other yeah. yeah trivial problems I think yeah. they say they're not life-threatening that's how I'm going to call it life-threatening problems yeah. Yeah. um and I think testosterone because it's not been trialed on women as such especially in this country there's still a lot of um, issues surrounding it but I don't really see the problem because I'm just replacing what I don't have it's not like I'm yeah. overdosing or anything but my <laughs> endocrinologist every time I talk to him yeah. he's like oh you know it could cause heart problems in the future and all no. these sort of things oh, but I always say to him every time I'm just replacing what I don't have nothing more nothing isn't less isn't that crazy <laughs> that you are educating the the consultant endocrinologist I think it's it's really interesting to to point out here that women actually make more testosterone in our ovaries than we do estrogen yeah yeah that's what I told him as well he was, you told him that did you away, yeah he was blown away. Um, but they, he was they, blown away. You are not he serious. Blown away. And he said, because I had a blood test result of zero, pretty much, for my testosterone. He said, a normal range for any woman is zero to 0.5. And I thought, zero for a young woman in her teenage years? That is not normal. I, I don't need a medical degree to know that. So that's why I'm glad I saw Dr. Newson is a huge advocate for it. Yes. Um, that's really terrifying and in fact I, I've talked on my podcast here not that long ago actually and I did a little video for YouTube about vaginal atrophy um, mm. and dryness and the recurrence of UTIs you know urinary tract infections and cystitis and urge incontinency and all of that and all of that is very much linked to lower levels of estrogen and to your point yeah. even people who have an estrogen receptive cancer can still use localized uh, vaginal estrogen in forms of creams or pessaries or whatever because it's considered entirely safe it's not yeah. systemic it doesn't go through the body it, it, it's just localized 
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-S. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. And for you, you know, that's interesting, isn't it? That you're on such a high dose of estrogen and yet you still needed to have that localized help. Yeah, but I think part of the reason was because I had a lot of damage down there from the um, radiotherapy because the radiotherapy was all in that area. I got burns all to that area so I think it's I needed that extra top up just to kind of help kind of heal everything I suppose Um, because I was neglect I'd never had any sort of vaginal examination ever during my treatment and sort of for older women pelvic radiotherapy the sort of general protocol is to give them sort of a vaginal examination and some sort of dilation therapy but because I was only 14 years old that was never addressed to me ever um so I was sort of left in the dark didn't really want to talk about my problems to the oncologist because I guess at 14 years old do you really want to talk about your vagina that openly I I didn't know what was normal either that was my problem yeah um so it was so hard I did receive inadequate treatment as a result you have been through it and what an advocate you have become because this little booklet is just so helpful and I think it's worth pointing out that even if it's not surgically induced you know early onset menopause for for young women it's not that uncommon is it I mean there's a whole charity the Daisy Network which is out there to support young women you know precisely because there is such a need Yes, exactly. I think people don't realise that it's actually not that rare and the help for it is, you know, it's barely existent. You know, amazing, you know, we've got the amazing Daisy Network, fortunately, but, um, you know, the help from the doctors is is fairly non-existent. And I've heard from many other young women that they had the one sort of chat about the menopause and never saw their doctor again about it. So that just shows yeah. how little regard the menopause is given especially for young women when we know that not only can it impact them physically but also have a huge impact on their mental health so it's something that there needs to be much greater awareness and education about yeah well well done for being part of that and how are you now how you yeah i'm feeling absolutely amazing like compared to what i was a year ago where i was doing my a levels didn't know how i was going to sit through my exams because of my horrendous vaginal atrophy and just feeling like i was 18 going on 80 it's like a complete parallel now i feel like the main thing that was hindering my cancer recovery was the menopause and now that i've left that baggage behind i can really just get on with my life like i've applied well i've got into medical school so i'm going there yeah in september and i in the meantime i've got a job at a nursing home and i work you know sometimes five 12 hour shifts a week um Mm. and before there would have been no way i would have been able to do that have the energy for that so Mm. i brought that all to owe to the amazing hormones well i'm sure you're helping others along the way it's very interesting i remember having a conversation with dr newson about the use of localized estrogen in nursing homes 
Actually. Yeah, I've actually talked to the nurses about that because a lot yeah, of the yeah. old women, they do have issues down there and they constantly complain of pain. Mm. And I, I talk to the nurses and say, have you ever considered local estrogen as opposed to some sort of fresh cream, which is probably not actually the problem. So mm. I have definitely changed mindsets within um, the care home, which is nice. Fantastic. Yeah, localised estrogen for older women, you know, in terms of, um, you know, itching, burning, irritation, dryness urinary tract infections, all of those things, you know, so simple, so safe. Yeah, because it's such a horrendous affliction to have. When I had it, it was just constant. You could yeah. you could just feel it all the time. So I couldn't imagine some of the residents that I deal with, they can't they can't talk for themselves or communicate no. properly. So I just couldn't imagine the unbearable pain that they're in all of the time. So I think maybe it should, you know, should be given just generally, like not not even well, especially with some of them who can't talk just you know it's not going to hurt giving it no. so if it's going to make them more comfortable then yeah, I think it's worth so it. Can I ask you then what area of medicine are you going to specialize in? I well obviously <laughs> I've been talking to um, Dr Newsom seeing what amazing work she does I do really I am really interested in obstetrics and um, gynecology um, but then equally, I'm interested in paediatrics. I love a bit of 24 hours in A&E. So I have no idea, to be honest, but I'm just going to go in with an open mind and see yeah. what I like. But I think women's health is, I've yeah. found such a fascination with it over this past year where I've just read books and podcasts. And it's just amazing how how amazing females are, to be honest, yeah. and how our physiology <laughs> works and things. So um, I think if you, you know, you never get bored. I have to say how amazing females are and you are amazing and well done for coming through such adversity with such a triumph. And I'm sure you will help very, very many and I shall be keeping an eye on your future career. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for being with me. Well, what an inspiring young woman and so heartwarming to hear of how Ellie was able to turn such a dreadful health diagnosis into something so positive to help others. Can you imagine not even being able to sit down to do your exams? I mean, it just defies belief, doesn't it, really? And again, doesn't this just highlight how very important it is to get any unusual lumps, bumps, swellings checked out by a doctor? And yes, I know we're in a lockdown situation at the moment, but medical appointments are important and absolutely are happening. So do please insist on seeing someone face to face if you need to and don't take no for an answer. Well, who knows what would have happened had Ellie not had hers checked out. I have to say, though, I did hold my head in my hands when she told of her consultant endocrinologist, an alleged specialist in hormones, didn't know that women produce testosterone. That bit was pretty scarily shattering, don't you think? Well, I do hope that he or she is better informed now for the sake of their current patients. Well, Ellie's free downloadable booklet is called A Young Woman's Guide to Menopause After Treatment for Cancer and is available free of charge from Dr. Louise Newson's clinic website, which is, of course, menopausedoctor.co.uk. Just look under resources where you will also find many other brilliantly helpful booklets. I've just checked. They're all there. You will find perimenopause, surgical menopause, help for healthy bones, menopause in the workplace, histamine intolerance and much more. You can also find lots more help and resources on the Daisy Network charities website. And their web address is daisynetwork.org. 
Well, just time for some thank yous, especially for kind comments sent in to my wellbeing team and me. Lovely to hear from you. Here are some that we have been sent uh, that came into my studios by email, which is hq at lizardwellbeing.com or messages that we have picked up from our various social media channels. Uh, this one from YouTube says, I've just done my morning stretch with Liz on YouTube. Thanks. Really helpful, as are all your YouTube videos. Very grateful. Thank you very much. That is anonymous. Uh, this one actually is from another Liz, and it came in by email. It says, I wanted to support Liz on recommending not listening to the usual media negative news and switching to talk radio, which I did about four months ago. Liz is right. There is lots of good news out there. And I'm personally looking forward to getting the vaccine when it's my turn. In brackets, I'm 61. Sending all the best to everyone in the team. Thank you very much, Liz, on email. Uh, this one from Rekka, also on email, who says, hi, Liz. I've been watching and loving your live shows since last summer and have learned so much that has benefited myself and family. Thanks for everything you do. You are a good person. Oh, thank you very much, Rekka. I certainly try. Um, this from Caroline on email. I'm a very frequent listener to Liz's podcast and I love them. Full of useful information. Many thanks for everything. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Caroline. If you are listening out there today, I hope you have enjoyed today's little program. Uh, Fatima on Instagram writes, thank you so much, Liz. You have raised so much awareness. Amazing for all that you do. Also on Instagram, Chris. Uh, what an inspiration. So many people at these hard times possibly don't realize what you do. Simply stunning. Stay safe. Excellent. Well, you know what to do, Chris. Share the word. Totally. Let's get it out there. Uh, and this one from Mari on Instagram uh, saying that was such a lovely interview. I think that might be the interview actually that I did earlier with uh, Ruby Hammer, who was talking about her menopause experience, the lovely makeup artist. If you caught that on Instagram, uh, it's also on YouTube if you want to catch it. She's a great lady. I've known her so many decades. I think we worked out that we go back about 35 years, if you can believe it. Um, and Mari says, such a lovely interview, Liz. Thank you for all the work you're doing on the menopause. It's been so crucial for so many women like me to learn. Well, it's good to share. And I feel very pleased and privileged to be in a position, especially with my podcasts. When you actually decide to pop me into your ears, uh, it's a privilege and something that I do guard preciously. So thank you. Just to say, as always, for clicking the five star buttons at the end of this podcast, it's great to be able to spread the word, as I say, far and wide and to share so much of the good news, as well as hopefully helpful insights from the world of well-being. I really do appreciate you giving me a star rating because it does genuinely enable us to reach more listeners who will then hopefully find it both interesting and useful. Well, that is it from me for this week. Wishing you a very happy weekend and a healthy week ahead. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go well. Bye-bye.
Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-S. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. 